You hear a lot about it. Active investing or passive or index funds? It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Hey, Money Guy family. It's your host, Brian Preston, my co-host, Mr. Bo Hansen with the Money Guy Show, moneyguy.com. Um, going beyond common sense to take your finances to the next level, this topic, you have to ask yourself, do I want a manager picking my investments? Or do I think the investments would just do better if I just bought the index fund, you know, instead of trying to choose this thing? Bo, you're a CFA. Give us some thoughts. Well, I think there's a place for both. I think that uh, passive or index investing is, is a great way to look at investing because it's low cost. It takes a lot of the guesswork out. Uh, and you don't have to beat the market because you are the market. Active investing, though, is also, you know, there are a bunch of investors out there who take a very active role and they're successful in doing that. So you have to really understand what is your purpose, what is your desire when it comes to investing, and how do you look at designing a portfolio to figure out which one makes sense for you? Before we jump into some of the numbers that we've researched, help me unpack this. What what even is an index fund? Yeah, so an index fund, uh, just as its name implies, is structured by buying investments that mirror the major indices for category of investments. For example, if you want to own the 500 biggest companies in the United States, you would go buy an S&P 500 index fund. Active management is where you're actually, rather than trying to match an index, you're going and hiring a manager saying, I think that this manager can pick large companies in the United States better than just buying all 500. So this debate, and this is a debate, by the way, this has been going on for decades now. It's reshaping the investment landscape. For sure. And, and I wanted to go pull some data for this. So we pulled the, the, the Spiva, Spiva data. I mean, how would you say that, Bo? I'd say Spiva, but. Spiva, you know. which is the S&P 5, S&P and Dow Jones indices. That's mm-hmm. a, it's a research arm. So realize they're, they're pulling data, but they obviously have a, a desire for the indexes to look good. But I tell you, the data is truly incredible. And this is as of June 30th of 2017. That was the most recent yep, data I could pull fresh. up. And, and listen to this. This is, now they were shooting fish in a barrel with, cause we, we truly believe if you're talking about efficient versus inefficient markets, I think one of the most efficient marketplaces you can use if you want to look at indexing is large cap United States equities. Sure. And that's what they use for this data. So they use the S&P 500. And over the five year basis, this is the likelihood of how many funds the S&P outperformed the active managers, okay. you know, doing a side by side. So like all the active managed mutual yep. funds in the world and we compare within the, the large cap category okay. of the five year average. 82.4% underperformed the S&P 500. Wow. So if you're going to pick an active manager, you got to pick that 18% that actually did better. The three year is 81.9. Now okay. here's the good news. One year, remember this is as of June 30th, 2017, 56.6%. But you have to do that every year. Like every, it's kind of like and, flipping and that's a coin. What you, you just said something. You said that 17% outperformed, but here's what the, the, they did this, this whole persistence research as well. And they found that if you rolled that five years to a different period, that 17% that might have outperformed it over the last five years had a hard time being persistent and sure. keeping it up. So, But I bet you every single year the index matched the index. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, that's the whole thing about index investing. So we thought, well, wait a minute. If this is the case, if you have such big outperformance, 
this has got to be changing the way investing is done. And, and the data shows it. I mean, we, we looked at the flows of index funds and ETFs and compared that to active managers. Mm-hmm. And there's huge things that are going on. And once again, I pulled this from um, the Investment Company Institute. Okay. Um, I've used them on previous shows in their 2017 fact book. And listen to this. This is over the last decade, the domestic index mutual funds and ETFs, because they, by the way, for re- purposes of index investing, you can buy index mutual funds or you can buy exchange traded funds, ETFs. Which so are that, mutual funds that kind of trade like stocks. Well, they, they, they trade, yeah, there's some differences, but ex- they do a lot of the same things and they're using indices typically. But so over the last decade, the domestic index mutual funds and ETFs have received 1.4 trillion. That's inflows. Meanwhile, actively managed domestic mutual funds have experienced a net outflow of $1.1 trillion. We're not even using Bs anymore. We're talking about trillion. That's big, Bo. That's really big. And and full disclosure, you guys are probably like, I've heard some of this before. Where's We did a full in-depth 36-minute show. If you go to moneyguy.com and do a search of our archives, give us your email addresses. You can get access to everything all the way back to 2006. The show's title is The Best Investment That Only 20% of Investors Have. We did this back in March of 2017. Right. What I find is interesting is obviously the data I had when we did this show back, you know, March over a year ago was that percent of equity funds, you know, I was using the number of only 20% of investors. Right. This thing is taking, I mean, it is spreading because in 2001, only 9.9% of investors were using index funds. Wow. 2010. 14.7% so of al- investors. Almost a full decade, 5% pick up. Yep. Was it 2014? That's when we used this data for that podcast we did in March of 2017. 20.2% right. were using indices. 2016, 24.9. I am really curious when the 2018 fact book comes out. Mm-hmm. I'm curious because this thing is picking up steam. I mean, it really is changing. People are buying index funds. And so a lot of that probably is they get tired of underperformance of active mutual funds or trying to figure out which manager is going to be the top performer this year. But I think there are probably some other things that are playing into this, reasons why folks are going into index funds. And you're probably trying, well, how can they continue to outperform? What's the big driving factor? A lot of it does have to do with low costs. I mean, you think about the fact if you've got a manager that's charging, you know, 0.75, 1%. 0.75, 1%. That's a little bit of a headwind that they, that the index doesn't have to pay that. They have much lower costs. Because some, some indices might charge, you know, for a 1% active fund, it might be 0.03% yeah. on an index fund. I mean, we're getting as close to zero as possible. When index funds are charging 0.05, 0.03, I mean, those are almost rounding errors. I mean, that, it's incredibly low. The other thing about index funds that's really helpful is they're very tax efficient. Sure. If you go look at what the S&P 500 index funds pay out annually when it comes to, to income, it's it's usually just the dividend. Sure. You know, it's not it's very tax efficient. There's not a lot of trading, not a lot of turnover that goes into it. So it's definitely something you want to pay attention to. And these developments are are great for investors. So you're probably thinking, well, "Wait a minute. If index investing is taking over, it the whole world is commoditized, right? Why do, why do we need anybody? We, we all just, just need heard. an index portfolio, yeah, we just right? need an index portfolio. I want to give some words of caution because I do think index investing is changing the landscape and even commoditizing portions of the investment marketplace. I've already told you, 
efficient versus inefficient, and large cap is considered a very efficient mm-hmm. asset class. And we're even seeing that in some of the developed countries, right. you know, Europe and other things. I think that a lot of the research is showing the indexes over there are doing extremely mm-hmm. well. But at the end of the day, you could have an international index. You could have a large cap domestic right. stock index. You could even have bond index. But at the end of the day, who's going to tell you what your asset allocation right. should look like? Do you have enough money for retirement? How do you structure these investments to make sure that we're minimizing taxes as much as possible? Not just focus on asset allocation, but also asset location. And then who's going to help you with the fulfillment of reaching financial independence to know, do I have a good financial plan? How's my cash flow look? What's the debt planning, the risk management, the taxes, the estate? I think that there's still plenty of room for a, a good investment manager, but I will tell you, all this competition and the commoditizing of investing, I think, is great for the investors. Yep. But if you're one of those people, and maybe you're taking advantage of index funds, but you're saying, all that other stuff you mentioned, I feel like I'm not checking all sure. the boxes. We'd love for you to take your relationship to the next level. As we told you, we go beyond common sense. So check us out. You can go to moneyguy.com. You can go to aboundwealth.com. And you got to go. We've been doing this since 2006. If you love what you hear here, check out our archives. All we need is your email address, and we will hook you up. I'm your host, Brian Preston, my co-host, Mr. Bo Hansen. We'll talk to you soon, Money Guy family. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice.